0: Hi, this is Amanda, and uh, welcome to The Very Curious Herbal. This week I've been looking at a plant that Elizabeth Blackwell refers to in her Curious Herbal book as the love apple. The love apple, or as I know it, the wolf peach. Um... You may know this fruit, this red, compelling fruit, as tomato. But today I'm revisiting my tale of werewolves and solanaceae, the lost legend I recreated for Atropa Nights, the missing link that explains the flesh crawling, skin-walking, shape-shifting, atropine-aggravated descent into fluid-filled paranoia and night terrors, brought on by the imminent tidal flow. Seven days before the red run, as the flutter of malicious pleasure and the call of no-holds-barred social graces denied premenstrual ruination, These innocent fruits, well, maybe they still hold a a taste of their rather more sinister 18th century reputation. You see, we didn't eat tomatoes in the UK, well, I'm sure a few people did, but they weren't popularised until the end of the 18th century. Elizabeth Blackwell notes that the Italians are very fond of them, liking to eat them like cucumber, sliced with oil in a salad. Tomato's history intrigued me. I decided to mend a story from the European folklore surrounding Solanum, like a persicum, the tomato, once believed to be a fruit, used by witches to turn unsuspecting victims into werewolves. A fruit which it was claimed had the ability to draw money into the house if placed on the mantelpiece, maybe leading to the variety grown successfully by so many gardeners, the moneymaker getting its name. The lore around this fruit intrigued me, and so here is my story. One linking werewolves, wild women, and the wolf peach. There was once a girl, a girl who lived alone with her mother in a dark, wild wood. A wood on the edge of a dark, wild town. A town torn from the bed of the river and ripped from the heart of the meadow. A town with towers taller than the trees. Towers with... More inhabitants than the trees that came before it. More inhabitants than the ash or the mighty oak itself. Inhabitants dwelling like the folkloric spiders in a gull wasp's oak apple. Spiders for telling of shortages, it was said, and tainted crops. Inhabitants restricted by invisible chains. Chains of service, chains of fear and mistrust, chains wrought when their knowledge had been wrenched from them, left afraid, afraid of the wild wood and the tidal waters beyond. Day by day, the girl watched as her mother tended the plants in her garden, a garden half tame, half wild wood. She watched and learnt, as her mother brewed to Zanes, steamed soups, baked cakes, infused teas, chopped stews, cut herbs and harvested plants, she watched and tasted, learned and listened. Every day she listed to her mother every fruit and vegetable, every flower and leaf, every herb and spice, every tree and root, all the ones she loved and all the ones she didn't. All the ones that healed and all the ones that harmed. All she liked, but only one she loathed. Red and nightshade scented, juicy and sponge-like, textured like cut tongue. The slippery hint of antagonistic green guarding the seeds within, Criss-crossed with membrane, too visceral, too sweet, its sharp, acidic punch bringing bile to her throat, making her mouth water and her stomach gag, simultaneously confusing and repellent. The wolf peach. Her mother had known, as a child had swollen inside her, known as her own body had reviled the shades, the potato, the aubergine, Tomatoes had brought heartburn, heartache, nausea, dreams, dreams of skinwalkers, prowling and inflammatory. Now as the girl knew and grew, sought womanhood and wider knowledge, she beseeched her to try, to discover for herself its inflammatory cascade, as she knew eventually she must. But alone in the house, the girl carefully kept the fruit to its place on the mantelpiece, ripening. Designed that way to repel bile and attract money, a more positive cause and effect, she felt. Eventually the day came when full-grown, the men started to come to her door and beg and promise, cajole and insist. To beguile and charm, promises in hand, but bags empty. "'And she took to handing out the loathed fruit to suitors "'and watching as, one by one, they bit and swallowed "'and howled at the moon as they grew vicious, "'demanding and callous, malicious and malodorous. Till exhausted and fearful, she slammed the door "'and reached for her mother's hand.' held tight, and did not understand her mother's eyes of sorrow or her disconcerting, mirthless laugh. You'll get it right in the end, she said. You just need to trust yourself and keep watching for it. So she watched, and she looked. Hunting amongst the dust-purple pollen of the nightshade, Tomato's beautiful, disdainful aunt, with a venomous nature, crawling wide-eyed amongst the evil peanut stench of the datura, through hemlock and henbane, till she realised the answer lay not there, but amongst the basil and the melissa, the thyme and the sage, herbs of knowledge and strength, along the celery's conduit for paranoia, the parsley's trigger for tidal flow, and with the wolf peach itself. The more she knew, the less the suitors chapped at her door, till one alone stood forward, shaking his head, refusing the tomato she offered, till the girl stepped from inside her mother's house and as the moon rose and her body swelled and the tides across the dark town drew her near, she took the wolf peach and its lycanthropic coal and consumed it. And as the ill-minded lurking in the shadows of the nearby woods cursed her and withdrew, the one was left. Standing, watching, arm outstretched, ready to catch her if she fell. He did not roar back as she screamed, transformed, lycanthropy complete, but knew in his heart that this wolf-woman had a beauty and a strength to resist the darkness, to know it, engage with it, and with him by her side, take her place alongside her mother, as a woman in the wild, wild wood. Thank you all very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the story. I hope you've taken a chance to slice into that firm, nightshade-scented tomato, take a bite, put a piece on your tongue, sense that, that inflammatory cascade that tomatoes can bring, feel that shiver that ambience of danger, that connection to the shades that it still harbours in its green heart. And maybe listen to the story again and think about how fear grows up around plants. Sometimes, sometimes we just need a little taste of that fear to know a bit more about ourselves and about others. I kind of guess that's what led me to write that story. As was a look at um, my own horrific premenstrual tension. We don't need to go into that here and now. But um, years of experiencing quite extreme mood swings every month and finding sometimes that eliminating certain foods, whilst almost impossible in that phase, um, did in fact help. Um, But also that, that sometimes the best thing you can do with it is to find other people that will stick by you and reach out an arm to catch you if you fall. So it's a story about tomatoes, but it's also a little bit of a story that asks the listener to look inside themselves and deal with what they fear most. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Next week we'll probably be back on something funny again. Or maybe not. I look forward to speaking to you then. Bye.